Today is June 19th, and we have a special, extra special bonus Friday episode for you guys. So let's do it. Let's talk Yanks. What's going on, Talking Yanks listeners? My name is Jimmy. I got Jake sitting right next to me. We are about to go out and enjoy the weekend, but we wanted to give you a special little extra Friday nugget. Jake, what are we going to be sharing with them today? Well, uh, hey everyone. How are you? Happy, happy Friday. Happy start of the freakend. We, A, want to tell you we love you. B, hi, it's still me, Jake. No, uh, we had a special treat. We, on our Talking Baseball, which you guys know we've we've been putting a lot of time into, were, had the opportunity to talk to an old friend, Disco Neil Walker, Whew. Uh, and he was awesome. <laughs> and we, we didn't know how to get it out to you guys if we were going to tack it on to another episode. So we just figured we'd throw it out to you guys. Uh, he was great. Uh, we wanted to corner him for 10, 15 about his Yankees stuff, and we did, and it was even better than expected. Um, so we we figured we'd give it to you guys, enjoy it. We, uh, we've we been putting a lot of time into everything else with The Office, uh, Talking Baseball, our YouTube, everything we do, uh, and Talking Yanks is what this is all built upon. And there I... just hasn't been Yankees baseball, so we haven't been able to do a ton. But we yeah. figure we got Disco Neil. We we need to give him to the people. I played this just to test if the headphones are working. Mm. And it's like, I want to do that. Mm. I want to do this. Pride of the Yankees. Mm. I want to do this. You Yankee motherfucker. Mm. And we need baseball. We need baseball. So we had Neil on. We obviously had to ask him if he had heard the nickname Disco Neil, what his thoughts were. Very fun answer. And then we gassed him up a lot. Yeah. And I think some people like probably remember him not as we were talking about him, but I think they're just misremembering because he he was a professional good at bat towards the end of the season. Get, remember that three-run home run versus Red Sox? No, what it is. It's re- it was really funny getting back into the stats. And if you are a baseball reference person or a stats person, go check it out because he had an atrocious start. He talks about that a little bit. Um he didn't hit from the right side all year. Yeah. So know what it was when Neil played and he was hitting righty, you just kind of were like, okay, nothing. Mm-hmm. But when he was a lefty, he was actually pretty good, especially if you take out his start. Um, so it's kind of funny how a lot of big hits too. So and I don't I don't need to tell the talking Yanks faithful. I uh I love Neil and I hope you love him too. Here he is. And again, this is just like a 20-minute segment of a much larger, longer interview that we did on Talking Baseball that has not come out yet. Not comes out, out on Monday. Yet. Sneak peek. We still love you guys. For the Talking Yanks listeners, let's drop it in. Go back to back. <laughs> belly to belly. All right. Jake and I are Yankees fans. This whole company started as yes. uh, 
as let's talk at Yanks. So we got to do a little <laughs> Yankees talk. I want to start right, so off. I'll see you guys later. I'm gonna... Yeah. See yeah, you, Trev. Yeah, see you, Trev. <laughs> I, I got to start off with your first Yankees Red Sox series was a pretty wild one with oh, Brawl yeah. in Fenway and all yeah. those big bodies throwing each other around. CC judge, Giancarlo, Tyler yeah. Austin. I mean, it was huge. Do you have any fun memories that maybe like happened, you know, post brawl in the clubhouse or, or pre or, or during or anything? You know what? So, so it's funny. The, the, the very first series that we played against the Red Sox was the very first time that I played. Uh, was, it, that was my last stadium that I needed to hit. Was it, uh, was, was it, was it Fenway Park? So the, the, the 30th ballpark I needed to hit. So I'm going up there and I'm like, I just, I just crossed off my baseball bucket list. Uh, you know, I, I, just, I, I just hit my last place. What better place than Fenway Park? I get up for my first bat and I'm standing on deck. And I'm not kidding you, like a 75-year-old lady is just telling me how, how horseshit I am and, how, <laughs> and, and, and that I need to go back to the NL and I got no business being in the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. And I was like, okay, cool. This is, this is how Here it's going to be. <laughs> that sounds and, like Fenway. <laughs> and then fast forward to – I think it might have been the second game of the first series at at, at, uh, at Fenway Park, and Tyler Austin just gets absolutely drilled, and he goes out there, and um, Joe Kelly drills him with 98 in the, in the back, and he runs out there, and I'm like, oh, here we go, right? And I'm running out there, and the first thing I thought of was like, I need to grab the smallest guy that I can find. Where's the smallest guy? Jackie Bradley. There he is. Let me grab Jackie. <laughs> I grab Jackie, and I'm like, don't move. All of a sudden, I see Joe Kelly's glasses on the ground, and I said, I'm going to take these glasses. I pick up these glasses, and they're busted. They're, they're, they're broken in half. He's got, he's got one lens completely popped out. I fire him, I fire him back into the back of the, the, the crowd. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I need nothing to do. I got pearly whites here. You know, I got, I, got, I got decent bone structure. I didn't want anything to do with catching the left hook from – you know, from anybody in that bullpen. No. You, I let I let Judge and Rodas Chapman, you know, and, and, and Batances and these six foot eight gargantuans come out of the bullpen and just kind of strut their way over there. I wanted nothing to do with that. But you know, needless to say, whether you're on the front line or the back line of a of, of a, a soft brawl or a big brawl in, in Major League Baseball, there's nothing more exciting than than being in that in that scrum. And it's I just think a Red Sox Yankees too. Yeah, like that's awesome. And at Fenway, you're brawling against the rival. Like that, there's nothing better than that. That's awesome. April, like early. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah. It's, it's, it's set the tone. Yeah, it set the tone for sure. Oh man, it's brewing. What um, I I mean, how when you look back at New York, because you mentioned it was kind of your first time not playing full time, and that that yeah. was a big adjustment. And uh, like you said, you got off to the slow start, and we kind of talked about that a little bit. You come late to spring training, and there, there yeah. you are at first base. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I went back into the numbers a little bit, and you, tough, tough year from the right side, that's all I'll say. Um, yeah. and, and did that just add to it? I mean, it, are you getting frustrated? Are you saying – are you trying to be like, hey, run me out there for a couple weeks because that's what yeah. I do? Like, how, what, what was that like? So – it was funny because, you know, that I, I knew that I wasn't prepared for the season and it had nothing to do with like what I was doing pr before I got, uh, you know, got picked up by the, by the Yankees, I think second, third week of, of March and had, you know, a few weeks to get ready for the season. I, I was, I was doing everything I could. I went to that, that camp in, at IMG Academy in Bradenton. So I was getting some live at bats and things like that, but it just wasn't the quality of work 
wasn't prepared playing that, that April and part of May. I, I, and I, and I kept asking, of course, the media is going to ask you, you come over and, and you're, you're a partial everyday player and you're not playing well and you played well in your career. And they're going, what, what's wrong with you? What, what's going on? And I'm going, listen, I just don't, I just don't, I basically was like, I just don't feel like myself. Like I just, I, I haven't got my timing down. I don't feel comfortable with the plate. Uh, I just haven't settled in yet. And literally I got to like the second week of May and we were in Texas and, and I got a couple big hits and, and hit a homer and just flushed the ball. And sometimes that's all it, all it takes to get you kind of locked back in and, and hit a couple balls hard there. And it was just kind of like the weight kind of just lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't play stressed out. I can't play like uh, searching. I need to just be me. And it, it, if you basically take the first month and a half away from my statistics with the Yankees, I played almost pretty much the exact same I have in my career. But, you know, when you're in a place like New York, you understand that, the, the, you know, when you're not, when you're not playing up to par, uh, you're going to be asked questions. You're going to be uh, uh, prodded and, 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 and told that you, you stink. And you know that as a player. Like, you know that, you know, it wasn't one of these things where I was like, oh, man, I've lost a step. I've, I'm 32 years old or whatever the case may be. I was just like, dude, I just don't feel right. I just – my timing's not right. And uh, like you said, I was playing – three, four days a week. I was playing most of the time when righties would pitch, wouldn't play when lefties would pitch. Um, and uh, I just didn't feel great. Then all of a sudden, mid-May comes around, I start to get it, get it back. And, and I had a good rest of the year. So it was a good learning curve for me because going from pretty much playing every day to not playing every day and then learning the routine of how to prepare as a, as a bench guy and as a non-everyday guy, it took a while to kind of get to that point. And by the end of the season, I honestly felt, even though my, my, if you looked at like my numbers for that year, they weren't good, but I honestly felt like I learned more that year about myself and about, uh, you know, what I needed to do to be the best version of myself than I had in any other year, because I never thought of it before. I knew that I was in the lineup every day, every other year before that year. And that year I needed to be like, okay, I need to take more early work. I need to take more early ground balls to, to stay prepared. I need to hit off the, the in the batting cage. Uh, in the sixth inning off a of velocity machine uh, to make sure I'm prepared if I get that one at bat that night. So, you know, it was, it was a hard, it was a hard uh, reality to kind of, because that's kind of where I am now as maybe not an everyday player, but a partial everyday player. Um, and, but I wouldn't be, I, it, having gone through that, I was going to have to go through that mud at some point. And unfortunately I, I ended up doing it at literally the biggest stage in the world as a New York <laughs> Yankee. But and at the end of the day, you know, I, 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 I don't regret any, anything in my time with, with the Yankees. I loved it. Those guys were great. And, uh, you know, outside of the buzzsaw that was the Red Sox that year, we, we, we had, could have had a good chance of, of making a deep run. Toward, I mean, they asked you to do a lot of things that were, that were new. Like by the end of the season or in the playoffs, you were a defensive replacement at first base. And you were basically a designated third baseman when CC pitched yep. and you know two positions that you didn't play for a long long time and now you're <laughs> the defensive replacement of those positions yeah you also had like three big ass home runs at the end of the series like pinch pinch hit walk-offs three run bomb to turn it I mean it was like it felt like you were given you were you were giving us like a, a presence I was like Neil's got it that's how it felt at the end of the season right. I, I really did, did. It did because really you had command not, of the zone. Not blowing smoke, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. He knows it at the end of the season. I mean, I think your pinch hit 
numbers that season are amazing. I think you had like a one OP one OPS and ton of home yeah. runs and shit, but I remember yeah. the home runs in Texas off Bart that got you started off uh, yeah. Bartolo Colon. I have an odd question for you. <laughs> Here we go. When you hear the term disco Neil. Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> I still don't know what disco Neil is. Like, yeah. you know, I, 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 I wish somebody would explain to me exactly what Disco Neil. You know, I'm all for it. I, I, I whatever name, nickname you want to give me, that that's great. But I never got the premise of Disco Neil. So now a lot I'm of people didn't. It's just Jake's brain. <laughs> nobody does. Um, nobody does. And it's it's kind of everything you just said. And I'll, I'll try to I'll try to define it, but we can't. Tell um, Trev. Trev. Man, I have it no was, idea what you're talking about. Yeah, so, Trev, okay. a big thing in 2018 season was at some point, Jake does these burns. some point, the nickname Disco Neil just stuck, and it was, like, on our podcast. We just, it was just funny to us. Like, it, it kind of didn't make any sense. It was out of left just, field. I'd make I mean, these videos every home run. I'd make a video of a song, D-I-S-C-O, with the, with the disco ball. Oh, I've seen it. Be, oh, yeah. You'd be Neil running around the bases just with disco balls. <laughs> we sold disco Neil shirts. There's your face on a disco ball. I need ball. one of those. I need one of those. Sold Real a ton of those. Yeah. It, it was. It it was just your energy, which we're all seeing now. Like you're you're a positive dude. You can see that on the field, and you know it's kind of funny, like tying in the numbers in your season. Like, dude, there was a couple months you raked. Like you're saying, you know, in New York, yeah, it wasn't my best season. Like. The month of May, you had an 890 OPS. In July, you had an 894 OPS. Like, after that start, you got going. Yeah. And it's, it's what Jimmy was saying before, and it, it should almost mean nothing coming from us. But you were such a professional. Like, your at-bats were professional. If you went to third base, you played like a professional. You went to right field, like you were just saying. And everything you did was a ball player. And there was just this little bit of swag to it. That it wasn't over the top, but I think that was the disco twist. That it was like, if you guys want to get funky, I'll get funky. That's kind of what it was. I get it now. That's a perfect explanation of Neil Walker. Professional with a little swag. I'm for the boys. You know that. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing, dude. That's a great nickname. Now that you've explained it, because Disco Neil, if you don't explain it, doesn't make any sense. We no. got calls and tweets, not why do you guys call them that? And we were like, if we, we can't, you know, you just and that's you like why, it or that's you why don't. We, that's why we knew it was great because the people that like got me and Jimmy and kind of our weirdness, like they were like, yeah. yes. Yeah, 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 the yeah, people yeah. that kind of did it, they were like, you're never going to make sense of this. So well, yeah. just so you know, that, that, that's, that's stuck in the clubhouse. So uh, that, started, that started to infiltrate the clubhouse. So. They were wanting me to bust a disco ball out whenever, that's whenever awesome. I get a big hit or something. So. <laughs> I, got, I got a Yankee-centric question for you. I'll, I'll play ball here. I'll, I'll go yes. Yankees right here. I'm looking at your stats. And do you want to know the statistic that you're four times better than Derek Jeter? Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, grand no. slams. Oh. O'Neal's got four grand slams. Poor Derek Jeter only could muster up one in his entire career. Is that true? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're four times better than Derek Jeter. You hear it here first. <laughs> Whatever. I'm look, twice look as this, good as Derek Jeter. So. 304 batting average, 1.081 OPS as a pinch hitter. I had it right. I, okay. Crushed. Well, Susan, in life, unfortunately, all good things come to an end. And there you have it. And Jake, 
I said this at the end of the Talking Yanks yeah. wrap up. I'll say it on the talk. I said it on the Talking Baseball wrap up. Say it on Talking Yanks wrap up. Wrap up. It's very cool that our dumb, stupid nickname that really has makes no sense. Like you gave Neil an explanation in that conversation right. we had. Which wasn't really. It was like it eh, was. It was eh. Will. It was Will Ferrell in old school when he jumps on the podium and he starts going. What and happened? You're just, I you're just hoping. You're you just hoping this? something you hit. Buy this? Yeah. Because really, the nickname Disco Neil was just so funny because it didn't make sense. But but it, it, but it made so but much it sense. Does. Yeah, 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 I get it, it does. So. And uh, yeah, no, it's it, they wanted him to have a disco ball. He said that when they were when they were club dubbing a little bit that the disco ball would come near Neil, which is which is insane. And it's uh again for the for those of us that don't love us that much, but you still listen, kind of weird. But thanks. Um, no, but, but when, you know what? when you hear something like that, it is cool, this and we was... understand. Like, like you have to understand from our end. You know, when we talk to these guys, like we can't come out of the gate and be like, "Do you know I call you Disco Neil Walker?" <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Had, Are you had, an adult? Had to ask him, though. But uh, it's cool. And, and that was 2018, man. That was before Savages. Yeah. That was before Astros. So, like, everyone that was part of that movement yeah. is uh, almost like, you know, in before the storm or whatever. And it's, and it, uh, like, the fact that at that point we were still, he's like, yeah, that infiltrated the clubhouse. The teammates would call me Disco Neil. Like, we weren't, we didn't think we had or that was no. happening. No. So it's kind of cool to be like, wow, even in 2018 that we, was happening? We tried to assume we did not. Um, and, yeah, if you liked it, go. The full interview is on Talking Baseball. Neil was great. He's just a bubbly guy. Much more like Nick Swisher vibe than I would have ever guessed. Yeah, because I know we didn't even talk about it, but isn't his dad a, a pastor or something? Or No, his dad was a baseball, baseball player. Baseball player. Tom Waka. Tom Waka. Was about to get on the flight with Roberto Clemente. Right, right, Clemente right. said, don't come. I don't want you to come on this flight. You smell like right. shit. Get out of here. And then Roberto Clemente's yeah. flight crashed, and that was sad. Uh, but Neil Walker is very uh, devout, religious, right. and hosts like, uh, I think he's Catholic, or he hosts. Which we're not holding that against him, but he he was, uh, I don't know. It, at no point would I say he was like <laughs> stern. Or square. <laughs> square, yeah. He was, he was a ball of fun. So. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. We hope you have a fantastic weekend. Thanks for sticking out the uh, quarantine and the no baseball with us, and hopefully we get some... Give us some voicemails. Some burns and some awards and some, some fucking Yankees and some sharp stats call in, soon. Call in some voicemails for Monday, Tuesday. We record Monday night. It airs Tuesday. Call in some voicemails. Cool. Thank you, guys. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.